Today we're going to be resuming part seven, which is crazy. Seven weeks we have been on what? Sounds good. Y'all sound good this morning. I, I hope and pray you've been using that little phrase in your daily relationship with God. And if you haven't already said that this morning, let's just say that all together one more time. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Something amazing transpires, something amazing powerful happens when we, on the front end, initiate our relationship with God. And it's as simple as saying hello to God in your own personal way. We're saying good morning, Holy Spirit. That's a pretty standard way to, to start your day. I told you guys, I'd just say straight up, what's up, God? What's up, Holy Spirit? And it's just that initial initiation of relationship that we can do every single day. We're inviting the fullness and presence of God through his Holy Spirit. When we've been diving into God's word, looking at the Holy Spirit and finding out who the Holy Spirit really is and seeing that, you know what, the Holy Spirit, he, he's holy, he loves me, he's for me. God gave Jesus and Jesus gave the Holy Spirit. Somebody's following along with me. Pastor Jessica's not here today. She usually amens me up here. And so he's, he's, we're not saying he's more important than God the Father. We're not saying he's more important than Jesus. But guys, he's important to your personal victory. He's important in your personal relationship. The Holy Spirit, has, as he has already done this morning at church, he wants to blow your life up in a good way. He, he wants to come in and he wants to fill you and he wants to begin to transform you and change you. And we said as we started this, the, the, the whole goal, the, the whole purpose of this message that we've been on for seven weeks is that we would be transformed more into his image. We're not, we're not a religious church, right? We're, we're, we're a church of we, we, we coming as, as you are, right? But if I'm in a relationship with God, I understand that I need to be continually transforming, changing becoming more and more like who? Jesus and the Holy Spirit every single day. And the Holy Spirit's job is to make you holy and to help you and to comfort you and to lead you. God, we've been talking about all these things. So if maybe this is your first day, you can catch all those old messages on our app, on our social media pages. If you've been here, you know how powerful it's been. I hope you're excited as we dive back in. And I want to look at that first point for today. And so before we read it, I just want to remind us that we cannot become all that God has called us to be without the Holy Spirit. You can spin your gears, you can go through the religious routines, but if God hasn't changed your heart, it's all for naught. You can't be, become all that God's called you to be without the Holy Spirit. So look at this first point today. It says, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. Jesus was the physical manifestation of the Father, and the Holy Spirit is a spiritual manifestation of Jesus Christ, the Son. I want to unpack that thought for a moment. Think of that. Jesus, he was the physical manifestation of who? God. God so loved that he gave. Gave Jesus as a, a physical manifestation of God the Father. Jesus was God the Father incarnate as he walked the earth. How awesome. Signs, miracles, wonders, healing, deliverance, freedom. A brand new covenant that you and I get to, get to enjoy as we are in relationship with our Savior. Jesus did that. He was a physical manifestation. So if he's the physical manifestation, think of this. As I've already said, God the Father gave the Son. Jesus went to the cross. 
to die for our sins. After that, he appeared to the disciples, if you read, read the accounts of, of Acts and, and on. You'll see that after the, the crucifixion, Jesus gave the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spiritual manifestation of who? Jesus. Jesus is the, the physical manifestation of the Father. Do you see how three can be united into one? Do you see how, how simple it really is? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are in total agreement, in total unity, and they all have the exact same, same, same authority, same power, and they all brag on each other. Who does Jesus brag on? His Father. Who's the Holy Spirit brag on? Jesus. Do you see this cycle of life? And so if you have a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit every day, you will never not miss it. You, 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 can, you can be in the will of the Father and you can please God in everything that you do and everything that you say because the Holy Spirit will never let you talk out of turn if you surrender your tongue to him. He'll never lead you astray. He, he is light, and we're going to see today, and he will be a, a beam of light onto your feet as you have have life and, and walk the, the pathway of life and walk this pathway of relationship. And so as we see all of that, we, we, we have to understand, as we, as we just read that point, that we have the same Spirit. The Holy Spirit, He shook me up this week as I was thinking about that, that simple, casual little statement that we just toss around. I have the Spirit of Christ that dwells in me. Praise Jesus. And the Holy Spirit shook me up. You have the same, somebody say same, same Spirit that Jesus Christ had because He gave it. So if I have the same Spirit, then I'm indestructible. I'm incorruptible. Because I have the same spirit, the spirit of God, what can I do? What can the enemy throw at me? It seems like it's getting really hard. This, I, I'm tired. I'm hurting. I'm offended. If you have the same spirit, what can't God do? Why can't God do it? We serve the God that makes the impossible possible, it says. You got to get that rooted deep in your spirit. You should be able to speak. Ian, you have the same spirit. Yeah, you're experiencing a lot of setbacks, launch, trying to keep the church going and seeing church growth, and you're hitting all these speed bumps, and I'm getting discouraged, and it's getting hard, and I'm running and running and running and not, not seeing any progress, and I wonder why I keep running and running and running. And the Holy Spirit says, You have the same spirit. So stay faithful. If you have the same spirit, you can get through the hurt. If you activate the same spirit, you can continue to get up and say, yes, Jesus. And that Holy Spirit wants to redeem my spirit, spirit. See, because my flesh and the lust of the eyes and the lust of life, see, they want to keep me bound. And sin and comfortability 
And if I have enough excuses, I'll take the wrong path. I'll take the easy way out. And God wants you to know today that you have the same spirit. We literally have the spirit of God dwelling within us. I want you to write that down today and, and, and pray on that and think about how profound that is. That Jesus so loved, <laughs> Jesus loved us so much, he didn't just go to a cross and die for you, which is a miracle in itself. It says that Jesus has not left us or abandoned us because he has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of our inheritance. He didn't just stop working at the cross, it was enough. It was finished. He said, amen, it's finished. But he didn't stop there. He gave, come on, somebody, the Spirit to equip us to live in victory. So if you feel like you're not living in victory today, are you in relationship with the Holy Spirit? And I want to go a little step farther because we've made, we've made church cushy. And so I feel like if I'm experiencing setbacks or hardships that I, that, 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 that I missed it or I'm doing something wrong. No, if you're experiencing hardships and you still have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, remind yourself I have the same Spirit. And setbacks and hardships, they don't signify that I'm doing right or that I'm doing wrong. It signifies that I'm a child of God. The evil have setbacks. Christians have setbacks. There's good, there's bad, there's evil. As Brother Bob shared today, you are in a war daily. And if you're just going through life, if you're not in your word, if you're not praying, you're not suiting up, putting on that, that helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel, the belt of the truth, using your sword of the spirit, then you will fail. And you'll feel miserable Why you fail. And, and, and you'll feel lost and discouraged and hurt. And so remind yourself, I have the same spirit, the, the physical manifestation, who is Jesus of the Father, gave me the spiritual manifestation of himself. And so I'm going to say yes to Jesus. You can get over the addiction. You can get through the hardship because Christ dwells inside you. I want to open our, our Bibles to Romans. Turn to there, Romans chapter 8. Pretty famous chapter. I'm going to give you a few verses. The first one I want to give you is, is verse 10 there. Romans 8, verse 10. Look what it says. And Christ, what? Lives within you. Christ himself lives within you. I'm going to stop preaching this for a second. Because he has given the Spirit. He goes on. So even though your body will die because of sin, who knows you're going to die one day? When sin entered the world through the choices of Adam and Eve, death entered the world. Destined to die. Because we chose sin over God, now we're destined to die. So redemption had to happen. Jesus Christ had to come, take our place, and because he's done that, and give us the spirit, look what that next statement says. Because of that, the spirit gives you life. Life. Because you have been made right with God. We have life in our mortal bodies. And after we die one day, if Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says, you can experience eternal life. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, speaking of the devil, the enemy, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Everybody in this place has given way to, and place to the enemy for him to come in, kill, steal, and destroy
mad today. Devil mad today. Messing everything up today. He, he, he's come in. He's killed. He's still destroyed. You gave him permission to do a lot of those things. You've heard my story of being in addiction, getting kicked out of the military, getting, getting kicked out of my family. But Jesus, right? Jesus said after in John 10.10 10, that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He says, but, somebody say but. I come, I came, the Father sent me so that you can have life. Come on, somebody. And life abundant, life eternal, some translations say. So the Holy Spirit came through Jesus so he could be a messenger from God to explain and communicate to us the promise of the new covenant, the authority of God, and who we are in Christ. And upon completing that part of the mission, he then sent the Holy Spirit to continue to teach us and to lead us and to guide us. Because he who dwells inside of you is the Holy Spirit, and he gives us life. So if you're in a death place today, you need a rejuvenation. You need to call on the Holy Spirit. It's as simple as, good morning, Holy Spirit. We're approaching afternoon. You can even say, good afternoon, Holy Spirit. Did you know that? You can even say, good evening, Holy Spirit. He's there. He's always there. He is just waiting for us to initiate that relationship. Look at that next point. So I kind of dove into this just, just briefly a few minutes ago about him giving us life to our mortal bodies and our eternal bodies. So look what this point says. I want to package this thought together today. It says, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. <coughs> Excuse me. The Holy Spirit gives life to our mortal bodies, and one day we will be raptured or resurrected from the dead by the Holy Spirit. It says, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Because of the Holy Spirit, he will resurrect our mortal bodies. In my sin, before I chose Jesus, was living in my, my bad decisions, my bad choices, reaped the re repercussions of those bad decisions. But when I called on the name of Jesus and I began to start this relationship and I gave him my life, I'm not perfect, but I started this relationship God the Father granted Ian life to my mortal body. I was on the verge of death physically. I was spiritually dead as well. But he granted me life. He didn't stand and judge me and say, well, you got to jump through these hoops before you experience the blessing of God. You better get your life together first before you start coming to church. I hadn't read the Bible, I had barely prayed in my life, and I, and that moment when I got real, honest, open, and transparent with God, saying, I'm, I, I am not you, God, I am, I'm hurting, I'm broken, I've tried everything else, God, forgive me, I need you, and in that honest place, all the goodness of God was instantaneous. He granted life to my mortal body. Now the, the outside of my life was still a mess. I still had this addiction I had to get through. I was jobless. I was penniless. I was homeless. But in that little still small moment of honesty with my father, it all didn't matter. Why? Because he granted me life to my mortal body. 
that life that he granted me is what sustained me through the years has God restored my broken life. We said last week that God wants to turn your ruins into riches. The ruins of your life and your bad decision, and I had a heap of them, he wants to turn them into riches. Sometimes it takes time. But that's why we need the Holy Spirit, because he's the one that comforted me, gave me peace in the waiting, gave me peace as I was hopeful, as I was holding out, continuing to say yes to God every single day as he fixed my life that I threw away. And praise God, he did those things. That's awesome enough. But the promise doesn't stop there. Not only does he grant us life to our mortal bodies, he grants us eternal, somebody say eternal, eternal life to our spiritual bodies. Because as I said, one day we're all going to die. I feel like we all tell ourselves, you know what, that's not going to happen to me. That's going to happen like a long time from now. I'm going to get my life together. Between now and then, I got so much time left to get right with God and to do the things I want to do. See, I want to dabble in my sin. I want to dabble and do this. And the church, it's not really that important. And I got all these other things going on. And so, I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And the Holy Spirit, he wants to come inside, and he wants to continue to grant you life and promise to keep you encouraged, to keep you moving, to keep you going on. He resurrects our mortal bodies in life, and he resurrects our dead bodies to life. As we, as we go through that, that mindset, we think, I got all this time. What if, I don't want to speak death over you. What if you went to the doctor this week, and they scanned you, and they told you you had cancer. And then you got 30 days to live. That'd be bad, right? <laughs> Somebody's being extra positive today. I'm not near as holy as Rob. But what changes? In that moment, you realize you're mortal. I bet you the next 30 days, you would take every moment, every second, every relationship serious. And you'd understand that your time's running out. You'd probably start getting right with God. You might call on the Holy Spirit. Now, what if I told you? Who says you got 30 days? So you could die in a car wreck on the way home from church. But you just shook that off as I said that. That's not going to happen to me. Some of us in here could have less than 30 days of life. So I share that to say, take your life in Christ's life that he gave, serious. If I take his life serious, my life will be transformed. And I won't get stuck in this religious routine of doing things. I'll stay thankful. 
I won't take things for granted, and I'll love others. And if you do that in faith, all the days you have breath in your mortal body, then, somebody say then, we get to enter into his kingdom. He'll say two things to every single person that ever walked the face of the earth. Depart from me, I never knew you. Or enter in my good and faithful servant. What is he going to say to you? Stop telling yourself that you got all the time in the world because you don't. I hope and pray you have a long, blessed life, but not a one of us knows that day. If, when, where? Stay in Romans 8, go to that next verse. Verse 11 there. It says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your what? Mortal bodies by the same Spirit. There's that word. That same Spirit living within you. What grants us life? The same Spirit that gave life. I've said before, the only way you will enter into the gates of heaven is if the Holy Spirit leads you there. Your best friend won't lead you there. I hope your best friend's a Christian. The world definitely ain't going to lead you to the gates of heaven, even though they'll tell you they have all the answers. Your favorite celebrity, your favorite athlete, they're looking out for them before they're looking out for you. Guess who actually is looking out for you? The Holy Spirit. And if you enter into the gates of eternity one day, it's going to be because the Holy Spirit is the one that led you. When your flesh wanted to cry out and you surrendered by faith to the Holy Spirit, He always leads us where we're supposed to go. Now I want to talk about the rapture and eternity for a second. Turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17. can give you about four verses that are kind of long, but I want, you, I want you to read this with me, and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help teach it to you. So look at verse 13. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. I want to stop there for a second. Who has the hope today? Man, we got the hope, right? We don't have to, we don't have to doubt or question. If you possess that hope that should change the way we live also, right? And, and, that, and that's what he's, he's, he's telling us here, the writer of 1 Thessalonians, that we, we should live different because we know different, right? Look at verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life, who believes he conquered death? That's set by the same Spirit. He conquered death by the Holy Spirit, which he has given us, right? He says that, look there, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We, are, we who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. Bible's telling us that when Jesus returns, those that have already died in their mortal bodies will first be called up. And those that are still living when he returns will have to wait for a second. But look what he says in verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout with the voice of the archangel. And with the trumpet call of God, first the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then, somebody say then, 
Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and then we will be with the Lord forever. Somebody say forever. That's going to be a good day. I don't know if I'm going to be alive when that happens or if I'm going to be one of the one of the ones in the graves being called up. But either way, it's all going to be good because the enemy, the world, the devil, no one can stop the king and his followers. If you know the king, then he can't stop you. Because if you know the king, you're following the king. And if you're following the king, eternal life is yours. If God forbid you do get that bad health report one day, hope and pray you can get through something like that and keep on living in your mortal body. But if you run your race and you you fight hard and it's your time and God calls you up, he calls you up. And we can live different and we can have hope and we can have expectation, not just for us, but for our families and those that we love and those that we care about. Is God calling you to be that mantle bearer of hope for your family? Are they going through something hard? Are they going through something tough? But they're all not necessarily, they're not, they're not there yet. I, I'm not saying we ever arrive, but, but, you, but you're kind of there because you're in this daily relationship. You're in this daily grind with your king. And, and because you're doing that and they're not necessarily doing that yet, God wants to use you as a vessel of hope. To encourage, to pray for. And at the end of the day, as we fight all these these spiritual battles and we're going through different things in our lives, it seems important, but at the end of the day, nothing is more important than your eternal destination. And so I hope and pray you're letting God use you to be that that vessel and that vocal piece in your family. I tell everyone all the time, your first ministry is your family. Before you need to be on the stage preaching and teaching or leading worship or helping in the media or doing whatever you're doing, make sure your family is good. Make sure your family understands where they're going. Make sure your family is born again. That they believe. Because if eternity is real, I want to be there with the ones I love. I want to be able to see my kids again one day, and see my wife and my family and friends. So I want to do everything I can while I, I still have breath and still have words to speak, to invite and encourage others to, to make that same decision of salvation. Because when you do die, guess what's the only thing that gets to speak on your behalf? your life, and how you lived. You don't get to talk anymore. And so if maybe you don't know the words to say, reflect Christ. Sometimes I feel like that's why we, we struggle with our families. I can, I can preach Jesus at work and preach Jesus with people I come in contact with at Walmart, but when it comes to my family, I feel like I don't know what to say. If, if you're in that place, you don't know what to say, just keep doing Showing them that tangible love of Christ. Death cannot hold us down because it can't hold our king down. Amen. Look at that next point. So as we're talking about this, 
There's an eternal time clock ticking right now. Tick, 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 tick. Ticking down to that pinnacle moment when the trumpet's going to sound. And when that trumpet sounds, the covenant's over. Everything's written. Every moment's been said. It's ticking. So there's this eternal time clock ticking. And if there's an eternal time clock ticking, that means there needs to be an internal time clock ticking in my life. I need to understand that my days are numbered. That I need to love love others. Because my life matters. Right? So look what that point says. The Holy Spirit, he's sounding the alarm and stirring up the body of Christ. It is the time for the church to wake up. Not to be woke, but to be awake. Isn't it amazing how that term has just skyrocketed? The world's standard of perverting what God's Word says. Oh, I'm woke. I understand all the liberal laws. I understand all the bull junk. I, I jump through all the, the social hoops and social norms not to step on any toes. We're not called to be woke. We're called to be awake to the things of God. And if you are awake to the things of God, you'll see the smoke and mirrors as smoke and mirrors. When you experience and understand the truth, you know that you know that you know the truth. When you experience the truth, you'll understand that every, somebody say every, baby's life matters. You'll see the smoke and mirrors. See through the, through the smoke and mirrors. You'll understand that we, we need a nation that has laws that honor God and honor His Word. And we need people that are awakened to the things of God. The Holy Spirit helps teach us, and He has that internal alarm system. Red flags. I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. The Holy Spirit's that internal alarm system. Red flag. Don't be doing that. You're a Christian now. You don't need to be talking like that. You're a Christian now. You shouldn't be watching that. I'll be watching a movie or watching something on my phone, and I usually don't get very far. It's a word or it's an image, and the Holy Spirit says you don't need to be watching that. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit protecting me and guiding me to heaven. When I feel uh, a quench in my spirit, I have a choice. I can respond or I can keep on. And that red flag is an indicator that he's, he's sounding the alarm. No, you're awake. You understand this is not good. When you become a Christian, you should stand out. You don't need to be doing things that the world's doing. You should look different. You should sound different. Because Jesus is different. He's the Messiah. You know what Christian means? It literally means Christ-like. And every day, am I becoming more like Christ, or am I becoming more like myself? Or more like the world? Or more like the woke culture that our world, especially in America, is currently worshiping? And it is a religious cult. To what degree... 
Are you awakened? Are you semi-awaked? You just started this thing, praise God. The deeper your relationship with God goes, the more he reveals to you. And so the more, the more time you spend with him, to the greater degree I become sensitized to him, his ways, and his word. And guys, we need that personal relationship because just simply detecting that something's off, just simply detecting that, that something's bad is not enough. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that it's bad out there. And, and, and you know what I hate the most? Problem identifiers, complainers. Man, they just love to complain. Anybody can identify a problem. That ain't hard. Identifying the solution, now that has something to it. And so the Holy Spirit, he wants to teach us, and, and simply just detecting that it's bad is, is not enough. I have to not just see the problem for the problem. I can't just be a complainer. Oh, the world's terrible. Oh, oh it's woke. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's lost its mind. And, and not do anything. Nothing's going to change. I have to be an enabler of good. Because there's a real evil out there doing a work. And so if I just say, ah, it's evil. It's not enough. So the Holy Spirit wants to, to wake us up and then use us. Use us. Because if we don't allow him to use us, that's really how we've gotten to the place that we've gotten to culturally. Because we kind of just stood back, right, and forfeited ground. and We didn't want to have the tough conversations for the sake of, I just say, I don't got it in me today. I can't fight this fight today. I don't want to speak death on us again, but it's, if you read your Bible, you're going to see more likely it's going to get worse as we go on before it gets better. Because the Bible says there's growing pains, like a child, like a mother and child labor, groaning for the return of Christ, for the redemption of creation. And because of that, we need to be, since the Holy Spirit is excuse me, sounding that alarm inside of me, then I need to be sounding that alarm to others. Others that I love, even others that I don't love. Others that you may not like. Others that you can't agree with. Don't let that stop you from sharing the truth. Because they need to hear it. Maybe they'll come to, come to Christ one day. You never know. So look at Ephesians 5, 14 through 18. It says, For that the light makes everything visible, that is why it is said, What? Awake. Wake, O sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Y'all, they were calling the days evil 2,000 years ago. It's the same scheme. Same battles, same sin. We've just given way to it. There's still hope, though. Look what it says. Don't act thoughtlessly with understanding what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with 
wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, what? Be filled. Say that with me. Filled with the Holy Spirit. I know this. What fills you controls you. What fills you controls you. So this morning, what are you filled with? I hope it's the Holy Spirit. But if we're being honest, I can let little cracks and crevices, dark little recesses of my life, begin to fill me. And I wonder why I'm angry. And I wonder why I'm short. And I wonder why I'm confused and depressed and discouraged. Because if what fills you controls you, you have to see the importance of allowing that Holy Spirit to be that, that need in my life. Because what are you filled with today? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it jealousy? Is it hate? Is it doubt? Because if you let that fill you and you go to that place for comfort instead of going to Him for comfort, that will begin to control your life. It controls your direction. It controls your actions. Little bit of actions over and over again. Before I know it, I'm wondering, how the heck did I get here to this place? And it's because you let that little thing fill you and fill you and fill you and fill you. And now you've made this decision, and now you're standing here in this place wondering what happened. And it's because you let something else control you. Jesus does not want to just control you. He gives us free will. But he wants you to choose him over and over and over and over again so that we can experience life and life abundant. So be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's time to wake up. And then we got last point. Holy Spirit calls us to repentance. Man, I need to wrap this up. I'm going long. This is the best point of the whole message I've got. Holy Spirit calls us to repentance and empowers us to putting to death the deeds of our flesh. Victory. Someone say victory. Victory over the flesh is found where? In the Spirit. We live in a nation where there is no repentance. No repentance needed. When we fall short, we have to repent. Repentance, what does that mean? If you study it out, it literally means return to the high place. Re, short for return, penance, penthouse. You ever heard that word? High place on a rooftop. Return to the high place God has for you. When we let other things fill us and other things control us, we fall short of the glory of God. And if I don't begin to change the way that I live or change the way that I think about those things and see them for what they are, evil, and a sin, then I separate myself from the blessing of God. I can still be born again, but something still has to, I still have to acknowledge sin for what it is. And I have to return to the altar. I have to return to my brokenness. And I have to remind myself that I'm not God, and God, I still need you. God, I don't have it all put together. I don't have all the answers. So that's what happens when we repent. There has to be also a sincerity of our hearts. We have to genuinely feel bad about the things that we do that displease God. 
But, someone say but. Repentance is not just crying. Repentance is when you actually change. Repentance isn't just something that I should just feel sorry about. Go back. Sorry, God. Forgive me. Okay, thank you, God. Five minutes later, I'm doing the exact same thing over and over and over and over again. There should be a sincerity of, that's what I'm looking for. Help me, Holy Spirit. Sorrow when we fall short. But if that's all you do is you just keep feeling sorry, like before, you're not even sorry about the action. You're just feeling sorry for yourself. Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. Repentance is when you're not just crying. is when you actually begin to change. When you get up from that altar and you say, no more. I'm turning. I was going this way. Now I'm turning, and I'm going this way. I'm returning to the high place that God has for me. Look at that last scripture for today. Galatians 5.16. you got to see that repentance leads us to victory. You can't live a victorious life if you got this hidden thing, right, that you think you're hiding from God, you're hiding from other people. That's not victory. That's wearing masks. That's, that's deception. You've deceived yourself. When you bring it all, someone say all. All into the light, all is forgiven, right? Look at Galatians 5.16. It says, I say then, what? Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do you avoid the bad decision? Walk in the Spirit. How do you avoid the, the bad circumstance to your best ability? Sometimes, you know what, you're just doing your thing, you're, you're doing what God called you to do, and you can still get blindsided by other things. But if you continue to walk in the Spirit, in the good things, and even in the bad things, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walking in the Spirit changes us. You have to see the importance of your daily relationship. And you have to find the pace. Say that with me, the pace. See, walking in the Spirit means you walk at His pace. Not your pace. Some of y'all running like you you want you're trying to get this thing. That's good. Be excited. You want to get through the thing, but Jesus, he's walking. You know why he's walking? Because he ain't stressed. He has the power and authority to walk like he knows what's up. So if you walk with that. You don't have to be stressed. You can walk like you know what's up. Why? Because you're walking with him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of us, at times, oh, we may feel like we're crawling, right? I don't know if you can see me if I'm online. I'm crawling. Jesus, help me. Help me. Guess what? That's okay too. Because your Savior's right there. If you ain't got the strength to crawl or walk, just let Him pick you up.
My youngest, Bodie, just started walking for his first nine months. Guess how he got toted around? Mom and dad took him everywhere. We carried him. Your father can carry you. He can carry you. And guess what he'll do? He ain't going to lose his cool. He's going to walk with you. Just as we used to do as, as you, maybe you had kids and they were babies and they're crying unconsolably and what do you do? Sometimes you got a pace in the nursery and you just, it's okay, baby. It's okay, baby. I got you. You ain't got to worry about all the other stuff. When you're a baby, you're oblivious. All you think about is milk and sleep, protection. You don't know what's good. And your father's the same way. You're going through this thing and you're oblivious to spiritual things. And your father wants to comfort you. It's okay, baby. I got you. I got you. Can you have the faith and the guts to surrender your life of faith in that kind of real way? He says, I'll walk with you when I'm strong enough. Jesus, when I think I got it all put together, I ain't going to run ahead of you. Jesus, and when I'm struggling, I need you to carry me because he can. Amen? Y'all pray with me. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for your message. Thank you for your word and the Holy Spirit. Pray that real spiritual things happened here today. Thank you that we, we didn't put on a show today. We weren't here to entertain. We are here to do life. So right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would impart your comfort to every single person. God, if there's somebody crawling today, I pray that they'd come into your arms. If there's somebody who's maybe thought they, they, they was running ahead of you, that they would see, they need to slow down and hear your voice. God, if there are those that are walking right next with you, praise God for them. They've given their lives, and they're sincerely trying their best to hear your voice and let you lead their lives. If you're born again here today and you're in the sanctuary, I want you right now to pray for the lost, please. Somebody who is who's lost. They're not in a daily relationship with God. But if you're here in the sanctuary or watching us online today, and you may say, Pastor Ian, that's, that's me today. I'm lost. I need his help. I need God's protection. I, but I've been doing life my own way. I ain't consult God. I wake up and I just go through the motions. I, Jesus Christ ain't my personal Lord and Savior. I'm my own Savior. I, I depend on other people to save me. I depend on my own thoughts and imaginations to save me. But something you said today changed the way you think. Changed the way that I, that I think right now in this moment. If God's dealing with your heart and you say, I want to change that today. I want to pray to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm excited. And if that's you, I want to ask you to do something right now. If that's you, I want you just to lift your hand up really high or I want you to stand up, one of the two. And don't worry, no one's looking at you. We're all praying for you. Thank you for those hand, that hand. Keep it up for a second. Keep it up for a second. God's dealing with your heart. He's dealing with your heart. He's speaking directly to you. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? If you're joining us online, put something in the chat to let us know you're praying this. We can pray for you also. Man, I thank you for that hand. I just want you to know if you raise that hand, God loves you and he sees you and he knows you in a real personal way because he created you. And nothing pleases him more than this honest, genuine moment. And I pray that today as we pray this together that your life 
would be transformed, that something real would happen, something real would take root in your life and in your heart, and you would begin every single day seeing that, you know what, I need Jesus. And if you can do that, eternity can be yours. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. Let's say it loud and proud together. Go like this. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We accept your son, Jesus. We believe that Jesus is the King of kings, Lord of lords, Savior of my life. I confess that he is my personal Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. And send your Holy Spirit to redeem my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. So glad that you guys came and had a church with us. Anybody glad you came? And we're glad you came too. We love you very much. Come back and see us next week, okay? If you are new to Liberty, come back and see me here in a few moments at the Orange Table there. We'd love to give you a free gift. And with that, we love you. Y'all are dismissed.